pleasure being with you again, and my dad is going to be preaching. See you all soon. of this world His kingdoms come and go but the kingdom of our God will not be shaken but the kingdom of our God will not be shaken nations are shaking churches are rising now is the time for us to shine now is the time for us to shine. Lion of Judah, Lion of Judah, heaven's roar, heaven calls, it's the sound of war. Lion of Judah, Lion of Judah, the trumpet sounds, the army arrives, there's a sound of war. Heaven's champion, humbled as a man, Jesus came to dwell among the people. To dwell among the people Defeated the enemy The cross his victory Now we stand in the power of his glory Now we stand in the power of his glory Lion of Judah Lion of Judah the heavens roar, the heaven calls, it's the sound of war. The Lion of Judah, the Lion of Judah, the trumpet sounds, the army arrives, there's the sound of war. Trumpet sound, the army arise, 
in the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated But the King is alive praise in every home, in every heart. Thank you, Jesus, no matter the circumstance. We can raise a hallelujah. We can praise you in every circumstance. Oh, Jesus, you alone. Oh, you alone, you alone. One voice, one heart. We raise Hallelujah. All right. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, great to be able to be with you all again. And um, I'm just going to apologize. First up, if there's a lot of noise in the background and rain and stuff, it's happening here right now that I can't avoid. We are thankful for the rain, but uh, it is what it is. So... It's just great to be able to be together again. Um, I just want to thank Martin last week for a fantastic message. I just think that line of him, you know, standing in front of that angel, we believe was, you know, Jesus standing there and saying, are you for us or against us? And him saying, neither. I think that line is a retort that the church and the kingdom will carry going forward with regards to all these voices out there, you know, regards different political agendas, regards different um, race you know, questions and challenges regards different um, motives regards gender. Are you for us or against us? Is always the question. And actually, our answer is neither. God is for everybody at this time. That all may be saved. That all would come to the knowledge and the truth of the Savior in Jesus Christ. So that's a it's a great line to carry forward because we so easily are forced to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Or you're right or wrong. You know, it's the tree of life, folks. We eat from the tree of life. And he's for all people that they might be saved. So thanks, Martin, for stepping into that. And I just want to give uh, two little headlines here quickly with regards to things. We, um, you know, as a church, it's been 90-something days now where we haven't been able to be together and together. Yes, you know, we're all aware that there's things in the background that we've been doing. And it's been incredible what's been able to be done in the background to help people. But I just want to commend each one of you for sticking to the principle of being generous and giving in this time. You know, we as a church, the the costs and stuff, whatever that might be, it's still being able to operate because of people's hearts of of giving and sowing into the kingdom. And I just think I just want to honor you, you know, for being faithful to that. You're not giving to the church. You are sowing into the kingdom. And this is the community and the and the government and the authority that you've settled your hearts in with. And that's where you sow your principle. And I just want to honor people for continuing to do that. It's been absolutely incredible for us in this time. And enable us to be able to sow and to be able to give as a church as well in this environment at times. So I just want to honor you and, and bless you for being faithful, not to 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 what we're saying as the church, but what the Bible's instruction is with regards to our finances. So well done. And just regards our songs that we are singing and the little bit of worship that we're putting up, you know, just before we do this preach and stuff. Now we are going to be adding in a lot of the songs that we as worship leaders have been writing and other people have been writing 
over this time of lockdown. And um, we just want to get them into your spirits because there is going to come a time when we're going to be able to worship together and we're going to sit in that hall and we're going to worship and we're going to exalt and praise God. That time will come, but we are just letting these songs, just massaging them into your spirits and stuff. There's a lot to them. You know, the, the song today, really, I just feel drums would have been so great with it, but it's just really hard to record that all together and to try and perform it in some kind of live way and putting it all together in the background. But look out for these new songs that are coming forth and things that we'll be singing and carrying in our hearts and declaring them in our spirits and that going forward. Eh? Amen. All right. So as you know, we've been walking through the book of Joshua and uh, it's been a kind of a relevant passage, I think, too, with regards to this first couple of chapters, you know, the crossing over of them preparing and to take Jericho, crossing over the Jordan, all the things that are, are, are required of them to do and how Joshua leads the people in this time. So I just want to pick up from chapter three um, and I'm just going to read the first couple of verses and we can then kind of talk through this passage and that together. So it's, I'm reading from the ESV and it says from chapter three, verse one, it says, then Joshua rose early in the morning and they, and, and they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, and he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there, there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. That's probably around about 900 meters. It's nearly a kilometer. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And if you've been following all the voice notes that we've been putting out over the last you know, 13 weeks or 14 weeks nearly, a verse that I use right in the very beginning of one of the very first voice notes is this Joshua 3 verse 9. We've never been this way before. And I think that retort of that verse still holds true to where we're at now. We're not through this. We're still in the midst of this. We've never been this way before. And I think that's such a pertinent passage to hold on to for us during lockdown to understand all that we're walking through. And honestly, a lot has happened since that 27th of March when we were you know, forced into that 21 days. And then obviously things have eased a little bit more now, but it's not back to normal, if you can put it that way. And we've seen many things exposed around the world over this time. And I, and I think it's very important to know Firstly, from the worldly perspective, you can see that the kingdom of this world, the kingdoms of this world, there's an agenda. There's there's agendas on people's hearts. You know, I was listening to Janet Brand the other day. There's the heart and the agenda behind them is the socialism. They are forcing and wanting all people to go the socialistic route so that people can be in control and charge of people. And we get that. That's the way the world is going. We understand that. That's that's a part of it. But we can see this tussle between the two kingdoms because we are not part of that kingdom. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're ambassadors to heaven and to God. And the kingdom of our God has also arisen at this time. And the hearts of people have really held on to the truths of the word and what God has been saying. And I, you know, we, we can look at that 
but I, I really feel that that must not be our our main draw. We must understand what's going on around us, but also we must know what's going on for the kingdom of God. We've got to be sure that we, the ambassadors, when God says go, we're ready to go. Not, yeah, but do you realize what they're doing? Do you realize all these things? We need to be obedient to the voice of God and speak to us at the right kind of times about his kingdom that is unshakable and is also arising at this time. And it's, it's, it's really powerful to see that and understand that uh, perspective of how we see things. But let's just reflect on what God has been saying to the church over this last kind of, well, this year and actually these last 90 days where we've heard a lot of prophecies, too much prophecy, I think. But there's been some clear messages that have come out for the church to hold in this time and space. I just want to reflect on on some of those, you know, and it's it's important to know that as we reflect on these things, we are in the process just as Joshua and the people of Israel were crossing over into something that they didn't know what lay before them. They knew Jericho was there. They had spied out the land of these other, the Jezebites, the, you know, all the other nations that were there that to take out. And as a part of God instituting and giving them land to establish themselves, we're in the same process as the church. There's a process of crossing over into something very new and, and, and land that we are going to be taking in the future that we don't fully know what it's going to look like. No one predicted this happening at the beginning of this year playing out like this. No one would have scripted how this thing played out. God's in amongst it, all of it. He's helping this whole process. He's a part of it. And we need to follow his lead as he's helping us cross over into this new season. Let's just reflect on some of the things that God has been saying to the prophetic, but to the church and over this time. And I think what first intrigued me about this passage, just that one scripture, the line it says there, it says, do not go near the ark of the covenant. Do not go near the presence, basically, so that you will know which way to go. Okay, now let's just reflect on what God has been saying to the church in an era like this, in a time that we're in, and and then we can reflect more on that passage. There's about five or six things here, and it says, well, clearly the church has walked into a new era. Not a new season, a new era. It's a fresh, fresh time for the church and the kingdom of God at this time. There's been a great reset that has taken place all around the world and in our lives. We've seen that happen almost in the church as well. And I think this reset has also shown us a lot about ourselves. Everyone I've spoken to, this time has not been easy for the individual. You faced yourself during this time. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's beautiful to be able to see these things that are refined through fire, that with silver and that the, the, the muck kind of rises to the top and you've got to clear it off. This has been happening in our hearts and lives. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what the reset has given us. Okay, there's a time of separation of chaff and wheat. I remember right in the beginning I said as well, this is not a this time of separation for preparation. Those words that I used right in the very beginning of this lockdown. And this the separation, you know, I know it's the two kingdoms, that's quite clear. Listening to Chuck Pierce this week in a little clip, 30 seconds, and he was speaking about how the next two years in this period is going to be quite clear the separation between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of our God. And there's going to be this clear disparity shifting and shaping between the two because it's got to make sure that what's going to happen in that is the kingdom of our God, the church, is going to be forced to arise as one. And we're going to stop bickering and fighting about all the little things that who we're for and against. We're at neither. We're for all people. God is for all people that all might be saved. And this, what we're going through now, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be challenging, but the separation is purposeful. 
And I just want to just touch on this chaff and wheat thing here quickly as I'll, I'll pause on this moment here. Often, you know, and I believe it's in the church as well. There's a separation taking place from religious duties and peoples that have just followed religious duties. Essentially, when Jesus arrived, they were following all their religious duties and doing what they knew. And the new came and they couldn't see it. And they ended up killing him. And there's a new coming. There's a fresh move of God coming. And we can't hold on to the old. It's like the wineskin. You can't pour in new wine into an old wineskin, you need to rejuvenate the wineskin so it can hold the new wine. And that's the process we're in. But I, I just want to say to people, yeah, I think often people think of themselves, well, chaff and wheat, you know, and if you understand how that works, chaff and wheat is, 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 is what happens is they, it's on the threshing floor and they throw the wheat and the chaff all down together and then they pour it, put it together and throw it up and the wind blows away the chaff and the wheat stays behind and that's what they use to grind to make flour and, 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 and produce food. From there, and this blowing away—it's—it's it's a separating of something. And I, don't, I feel often people at this point go, "Well, sure, I must—I must definitely be part of the chaff because you know my life. If you knew my life and you knew how things were, I mean, I don't know. I'm clearly not as spiritual as other people, and holding on to all those things. I just want to—I want to affirm to you right now, okay, that being a bad person in your eyes, okay, is not how Jesus sees you." You are not chaff when you are saved, you are secure and living obediently to the voice of God in your life. You see, your sin has been paid for. You know, and I wrote a few things here. You know, what he's looking for is, 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 you know, you need to assure that you don't doubt. You need to assure you don't have unbelief and your loss of faith in what God is doing in this time. Again, the separation is more the religious systems that people are holding on to, refusing to acknowledge a new move that Jesus is doing and also the world acknowledging that Jesus is savior and Lord of their lives. But your sin has been accounted for. It's been the gift of righteousness has been given to you. You know, and the chaff is, is those who refuse to kind of walk with God. Just don't doubt. Don't have unbelief. Have faith in God and not, you're not looking at your performance. He's paid a price for you that you are now a part of his kingdom. And don't put yourself in that category. Well, I'm, I'm a bad person. I'm clearly the chaff. No, you are part of the wheat that God's going to use to be able to, to feed the nations with the truth and the word that we're coming in. Sorry, I just wanted to pause on that one a little bit. So we've had a new era, a reset, the chaff and the wheat. We're going to go, going back, it's never going to be the way it's done before. And, you know, there's a lot of form of stuff we will still have. Look, we're still going to gather as a church one day and we're still going to worship and love the Lord in our corporate gatherings. That's clear. But there's going to be an edge on stuff that's going to be different. There's going to be a new normal that's coming that's going to come about and things will never be the same. They will never be the same because it's not external form that necessarily might play similar of what it was. It's the inside workings of our hearts and our spirits that will be changed and marked forever by the season. And we will look going forward knowing it's different because God's done a work inside of us. That's the difference. There'll be forms of what we have at church. We're not trying to do things totally differently now. And just we must be different because it's a new season and it's not normal anymore to do it that way. No, no. God will show us. He'll lead us. But it's going to be different. The other thing was there's a great harvest. We've spoken about this a lot through this year. There's a harvest of what God is wanting to bring in many, many to become saved and added into the kingdom and belonging to the church that they can arise as people of the living God. That's the season we're in. And, and if you look at what's happened with Siakula, we were saying in our elders meeting on Tuesday last week about the impact, the evangelical impact that Siakula have had on people outside of the church has been far more than any some evangelistic campaign we would have 
try to hold and try to work and try to do. It's God's been doing it in, in our midst while happening in the background in a way where it's not even really even noticed. More people are being affected than we would ever have reached before. Even Muslim people have been coming in and receiving food parcels and being loved by the church. That's the power and that's the joy of what God is doing. There's a great harvest that's coming. Okay, and we're entering a time where there's a mighty move of God that's being poured out upon us, and we're walking into that, crossing over into this. As we are aware, many battles have been won in the heavenlies. I remember the feeling that shift about a month ago. Something shifted over our city, and now we walk in that. We walk in the fullness of the victory that God has given us in the spiritual realm. And if we're honest, none of us would have predicted how ever this is working out. And many have got an idea, this is what we need to do for revival. This is how revival will play out. When the church does this, revival will move out. I think God's just blown all those theories and assumptions on how things work out. We've, we can't assume, you know, with God. He's, 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 he's not predictable, but he's consistent. That's the one way the Lord is. And this whole season has been very unpredictable, but the consistency of our God has proven that he's got a, a heart for us to move on. And let's. So we've reflected on the things that are that have been spoken to the church. And it's important to know that because we can't live in oblivion and ignorance to, I don't know what's going on in the church and stuff. These are the things that God has been saying to the church. And we hold on to these truths and hold hold on to them and walk into them. But here's the thing in that verse. It says, so don't get near the presence. You know, so he's saying, stay a kilometer behind the presence on the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God. And, you know, as so I thought about that, is it because of reverence that they can't get too close? Is it because of honor and, you know, the, 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 the kind of respect of the presence of God? Is it that's why they are kind of keeping that distance so that it's honor and respect? I mean, you go forward a couple of hundred years, you've got a guy named Uzzah that's um, helping to, um, you know, adjust the ark as it's toppling off the cart that David's pulling it on. And he touches the ark and he's fried and died straight away. That's only a couple of hundred years forward from this moment. And stuff. Not that they knew that, obviously, but but was it reverence and 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 the context to the, the the power and the presence of God? The next line is very important to understand, and I think this is what we need to hold on to for today. And the next part, I think, is is probably there was there's definitely reverence, there's honor, and that to the presence of God, and not going near it and honoring it. But the line that says there, so that you will know which way to go. Okay, and this is beautifully also set out in Psalm 25. And I know Farnas enjoys this psalm. It's Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5 says this. Make known to me your ways. O Lord, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. There's something about not getting ahead of God, if you understand what I'm saying there. Because when the Lord's leading and he's in front and the presence was in front of them, they knew exactly which way to go. Yes, they wandered for 40 years prior to that in the desert. But this was a new era that they were walking into. And the presence of God was going to be set in front of them leading and walking into what God has got for this. And I think it's crucial to hold on to something like that. Just that analogy in uncertain times like this. You've got to put a context into the people of Israel at that time with Joshua, they were uncertain times. They didn't know what lay ahead of them. There were these bigger nations and all these, they were untrained as an army. They'd never done this before, but the Lord had spoken. The Lord had said, follow me, lead me. I will lead you and show you. And I think it's important to know, you see, the context of the old covenant 
and the, in compared to the new covenant, a lot of the expressions of their, their obedience to God was all external. So their victories in battle was an external victory by taking on nations and taking land so they could purposely plant themselves on the ground, the earth. And if you look at all the laws and all the, the rituals when it came to you know, the spiritual side of things, it was all external expression of their love for God, of their, of their duty towards the Almighty and Yahweh that they worshipped. And in a new covenant context, a lot of that is all been internalized. And, and a lot of it is now more spiritual that is unseen. You know, so the victory in the ground and the land that we take in this time is more spiritual ground. And it expresses itself in the natural. Once we win in the heavenlies, it expresses in ground in the natural. The same with our expression in worship and coming before God. It's all an internal um, kind of assessment and looking at your own heart first before it's expressed outwardly. So that you know you're right before God. It's now the laws have been written on your hearts. And that, so you've got to understand that understanding between, we read Old Covenant context, but this now new process, the new era that they're walking into was taking ground, taking land, but they'd never been this way before. And, you know, we are taking new ground in our lives and in our community, but it's always the presence of God that's leading us and guiding us. And, and the beautiful thing is how we respond to the presence of God, you see, is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Offer your bodies, in, God's, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So it's this internal laying down my own agenda and, and living for God and honoring the presence of God that's inside of us. And I love Proverbs 16, verse 19. It says, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord orders his steps. There's something about the presence that was leading them. In our lives, that's an external expression of leading. There it was in front of them. They could see it. Now, where is it for us today? Leading us and guiding us by the presence of God. See, the, the, the reality is he still gives us today the power of choice. The power of choice has been from the very beginning. Adam and Eve experienced that. And they fell into sin. And we've lived the consequences of that choice. You still have choice in your life every single day to, to listen to the voice and the guidance of the Almighty God. And we, and we live for the place of peace and protection and prosperity from our own lives. So we understand the external, but today it's more an internal leading and guiding of that presence. So what happens when we don't allow the presence of God to lead us? You know, as I was saying, the external expression is you get ahead of the ark. You basically are choosing a path. We're going to go this way. And let's look at Saul. Saul, for example, decided he didn't ask of the Lord whether they're going to gain victory. He decided, well, we're going to go and take land and we're going to, you know, um, and have a, and take victory over, this, over these people. And they lost. And how many times in our lives have we made decisions and gone a certain route and gone a certain way? We didn't really talk to God about it. We just thought that's nah, it's the good thing to do. And that's what I want to hold on here this morning is that that presence of God that stood before them, you know, for us, it doesn't sit before us, it sits within us, you know. And I remember as a young as a young kid, when we'd, you know, do a road trip and we'd drive, you know, or wherever driving, and, and the shadow of the car would be next to the car. And depending on where you were, according to the sun, the shadow looked like it was going ahead of you. And at other times it, looks, it was looking like it was trying to catch you. And you're going to, and you always thought as a kid, like, the shadow is going to beat us. Who's going to win? The shadow. The what? And you and you have this like little game, you know, understanding but not fully understanding. But there it was, always there, back and forth, back and forth. 
And it's like for us today, the presence of God is like that shadow. The Holy Spirit is like the shadow. He's always there. He's always there. And, you know, some of you at this time and all that you've walked through, and I know every life has been so different through this time. Some, as we know, have been so busy. Some have been, you know, sitting back, waiting for stuff to do, losing jobs. And it's been so different for everybody in every way. We've got a grace for each of us, not saying mine is worse or better than anyone's. We've all experienced this very differently. And you might not be feeling very, very close to God at this time. You might not be feeling very spiritual during this whole lockdown and this time where you've had this separation and you've not maybe felt, you know, so, you know, pumped up about the things of God. It's been a real testing time for many of us and for all of us, I think. Some of you might have lost faith in the realities and the promises of what God has been saying over your life and things that you feel are relevant and you're just losing sight of those things. We're uncertain maybe of what lies ahead for us. So how do we live then being guided by the presence of God? What is, what is the understanding? And I think it's so simple sometimes we overlook it. And it's not just this, you know, I've got to be obedient to this. No, no, this is the leading and guiding for you to walk in the destiny that's been called for you. And no matter the season and time, you know, it's, you know he's there. So let's just define the presence of God. You know, the presence of God, as we said, was an external box in a covenant. A covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was this presence that held the, the box that held the presence of God. But, and we understand now today, folks, I just, I can never get over this reality of what the presence of God now lives inside of me. The almighty God chose to reside in this flesh. That he now lives inside of me. His spirit is inside. It came alive inside of me and enthused my whole being to live and honor him with my body and my life before him. Like he's chosen to dwell in us and make us the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's just like, wow. Like we cannot run past the intensity of how powerful that is. So in a way, we don't have an excuse for, oh, I don't know, because he's living inside of us. He's right there. He's so close to us. So how do we live like the presence, allowing the presence of God to be ahead of us and to show us the way we need to go? And last week I spoke through these things of faith and obedience, you know, and and not needing performance to get what's right all the time. It's faith in God and obedient to what he says. Faith in knowing you will be saved. Obedience in knowing that he's for you and with you and you walk into it. Now, I just want to touch on two things about allowing the presence of God to be ahead and leading us so that you would know which way to go because these are uncertain times. We may be unpredictable. Some of you lost jobs and the realities of things. You don't know what the future is looking like. God will lead you. He will guide you. And I just want to touch on two things here. Firstly, there's the verse in Colossians 3, verse 15, that the amplified version, and I've used this many times, it speaks about let peace be your umpire. I, I want to stress fight for peace. Because when you lose your peace, you know you're not walking in the in the closeness and the favor and the the destiny of what God has called. I often I lose my peace about a decision that I'm going to make. Then I know I'm not making the right decision. I fight for peace when it comes to decisions that I need to make and what I need to do going forward. And in a time of crisis, sometimes it's also difficult to make big decisions. You need to wait on God. And just wait. And so when you find that peace, and Colossians 3.15 says this, and let your peace, this is the Amplified, 
soul harmony which comes and let the peace soul harmony which comes from Christ rule act as an umpire continually in your hearts deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds all questions now I'm sure we've we've had a lot of questions that have arisen in our minds over this time I'm sure in that peaceful state to which all members of Christ's one body you were also called to live and be thankful and appreciative giving thanks to God always all questions um, I'm certain every one of you have sat there going goodness me what what does the future hold is this nation I mean I read this doomsday prophetic word the other day man what are we going to do like Jesus in, is in control he holds all things and you have these questions you've got to fight for peace when this question about my future, about marriage, about finances, about where I live and how things are going to play out, fight for peace. When you come to those questions that arise in your heart and when you find peace, you know the Spirit's leading you because that's the presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And I just want to tell the second thing, just a very simple thing. Don't ignore the Spirit. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit that's with you and in you, you know, and engage with him talk listen wait rest all those things just engage acknowledge him being close to you and i think it's very easy that we just carry on in our world sometimes and it's perpetuated by the way we feel about ourselves how we think we can approach and speak to god so we self-reject self-rejection is a very powerful thing well i'm no good so i just reject myself and clearly if i reject myself then god would reject me too because, you know, it's it, my life and all the pain that I've walked through and the difficulty that I'm going through now. You know, your guilt of your own sin, that's a real thing. So you feel guilty of your sin, so you just don't talk to God. You fear the rejection. So if you do go to him, he's going to reject you because you've, you've experienced that in the earth with earthly people. So the, the pain of rejection, you just rather avoid it. And the deep shame that you feel in your heart through maybe what you've walked through. Again, you see those three things that the enemy uses. Fear, guilt, and shame. Don't ignore him. Don't ignore the Spirit of God inside him. Just talk with him. Just engage with him in your everyday life. Just as you're going, as you're driving, as you're walking, as you're shopping. Just talk with him. Just engage with him and knowing that he's close and with you. Because if you can't and you won't do that, then what you're basically saying is that his death, on the cross and his power of his resurrection was wasn't enough it wasn't enough to pay for all those things it was more than enough that gives you life and freedom for you to be able to walk into the fullness and the fruitfulness and the godliness that he's called you to do don't ignore the spirit acknowledge the closeness of the holy spirit in your life and stuff and and, and that and that's the whole thing you see is that when we live like that we do then get ahead of god in a way because we start choosing our own path we just we start deciding our own fate and i've seen this in ministry i've seen this in work decisions i've seen this in marriage decisions people go ahead and make the decisions on based on what they need and feel and it ends up being the wrong decision and then they face the consequences from ministry to family life to marriage to work to where i live and locate i've seen that happen throughout my life over and over again and that doesn't discount that god will lead you somewhere and teach you in that process it might not be easy but he's still in it 
It doesn't, if it's hard, doesn't mean God's not in it. It's the point is he's teaching you about maybe suffering. He's teaching you about challenges and difficulties because what it produces in you is something very powerful and very good on the other side because you learn to trust him more and more and more. So let's look at that passage again. And then you shall set out from your place and follow it. The Ark of the Covenant. There shall be a distance between you and it about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Just think how close God is to you. Do not come near. Do not, do not come near the Ark of the Covenant. Think how close he is to you now. I always remember that song by Delirious, Obsession. It was that, you know, and my heart burns for you. But the one line in the one verse says, you're closer than my skin. I mean, you can't get closer than that. That's pretty close. He's closer than my skin. And in the context of don't go near the Ark of the Covenant so he can lead you, he's right close, leading us and guiding us at this time. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's what will hold on to the truths. So remember, that shadow, as a kid that I thought would beat us, and I thought would leave us behind, will never leave you. It's like the Holy Spirit with you, leading you, guiding you, holding on to every decision that you make, every path that you have to walk on, every journey that you set your sights going towards. He will guide your steps along the way. He's closer than you've ever known before. The Spirit of God is now inside of you in these uncertain times where we are, you know, governments and all the decisions they're making and all the media and all the loud voices that are going around our world, still all of that. And just listen to that still small voice inside of you that gives you courage, that gives you hope, that gives you assurance that God is for us in every single way. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Take note of that. Who can be against us? The kingdom of our God is unshakable and will never, ever be shaken. These are the times that we live in. So just quieten your spirits now for a moment. Find rest in him. Just maybe let's just yeah, take a moment just to close our eyes. Just quieten your spirits just for a moment. And allow the spirit of God just to speak to you. Allow him to minister to you. So maybe for some of you this lockdown has been so difficult that you've actually just refused to go to God. Because it's just too big a step. It's too hard to be spiritual. It's too hard to... To kind of engage with God. I get that. This time has been difficult for all of us. But just rest your spirit. Just quieten your spirits now. Let's just take a moment. Lord Jesus. We firstly as a people. We acknowledge the closeness. Of your presence. Holy Spirit inside of us. We thank you that you do go. Ahead of us. Because you show us the way. You lead us the way of the decisions. We need to make in our lives. Father I pray over every single heart that they would find peace at this time. I dispel the lies of the enemy. I dispel the lies of fear, guilt, and shame over hearts, that they, we would approach your throne of grace with boldness, Lord Jesus, standing before the Almighty God in these uncertain, unpredictable times. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge your closeness. Lord, we do repent and just follow this. Repent of and confess your sins to him. And he is faithful to forgive you. He is faithful. He is faithful. Don't allow the chasm and the gap 
that between your heart and the closeness of him to just drift further and further apart just know he is close and the reality you see is even when it's cloudy and you can't see your shadow it's still there it's still there he is always with you he doesn't often take you out of it he leads you through it so stand firm hold on to these truths as the church is crossing over into a new era that we walk into god's preparing our hearts he's he's pushed us hard at this time to sift out all these things in our hearts it's okay he's not he's not is not going to reject you because of anything in your heart his death and his resurrection was the purpose to pay for this price for all those things that are in your heart so allow him to lead allow him to guide and i bless you may you have a fantastic week knowing the goodness of our god and be blessed in jesus name amen